They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome to another episode of the Juan on Juan podcast. I'm your host, Juan. On this episode, I am joined by Celestial Mystery Hour podcast with Brandon and Michael. I met them on social media, just how I meet everybody else in this podcasting community. So far, everyone that I've met, knock on wood, has been super, super cool, super nice. And I've had some very interesting conversations a lot of which I've made episodes out of through my interactions and through me meeting these individuals via social media via reddit via instagram through all these different platforms and I feel very uh I feel very fortunate right that I get to meet people who have the same mindset and like to talk about the same things that I like to talk about that was one of my main concerns when starting this podcast I felt like I wasn't going to have listeners or an audience and it turns out to be wrong. Again, there's always an audience for everybody. This is art. And it's a little bit tricky because it's not just providing and, and being consistent with material. It's also providing quality content and making sure that you can retain listeners. And not every show is going to be a banger, but, you know, I like to think I like to think so. So on this episode, we talk about the Ashtar Galactic Command. Shout out Chris from Hashtag No Offense. He put me onto this. I looked into it. It was a wormhole. I liked it. It incorporated a lot of things that I enjoy and a lot of things that I like to talk about. Interdimensional beings, aliens, telepathy, light being spaceships, crazy, crazy stuff. The main thing that really got me into this was the 1977 broadcast uh, through a, an England channel in 1977. And there was like the six minute broadcast that interrupted the the main show and it's like this really weird crazy 
video and they said it's it's somebody talking saying that they're from outer space and i'm gonna post that clip at the end of the show you can either google it or youtube it and look up really in the ashtar galactic command tv interruption incident and you can listen it to for yourself because it's very hard to understand what he's saying and but there's transcripts of what people think and again there's there's discrepancies on what people think that it said and it's never been proven who did it nobody's ever come out saying it was a, a hoax so that's very interesting but i'm gonna post it at the end that way i don't lose the listenership at the very beginning because it is a little weird and it's kind of disorienting so i'll post it at the very end and i'll post a timestamp see if you guys want to listen to that but again on this we talk about that we break that down its origins its evolution we talk about ascended masters we talk about ancient civilizations anunnaki a little bit of everything i enjoyed it make sure to follow us on social media at the one on one podcast make sure to check out celestial mystery hours their podcast on instagram at the celestial mystery hour and again i'll post all that information in the notes and in the uh, description so again without further ado this is ashtar galactic command with celestial mystery hour podcast enjoy and we're live. So today I'm joined by Celestial Mystery Hour podcast, Brandon and Michael. Welcome to the show, guys. I don't know if we're doing a swap cast with this, but welcome to my show. What's going yeah. on, man? You guys can edit that out later. Yeah, that's oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a fan of your guys' show. I found you guys, again, just browsing through social media. I really liked your logo, and I was like, man, this is pretty badass. So then I looked into you guys's podcast and then i found that i think it was your first episode on the man from uh torrid is it and uh i really enjoyed that so i had reached out to brandon and he and i asked him i said hey man well let's do a collab and he's like hey dude i don't know how to record uh you know guests and i was like whatever so then i reached back out to him i was like wait a minute why are you trying to figure it out like come on my show and i'll i'll record the call you know so then that's how we set that up. And then it was funny because we, we had we had a what was it? A, a hour and 40 something minute sound test yesterday, Brandon, like yeah, at night. <laughs> yeah, that that sound test was an hour and 40 minutes, basically. It was, and it's, it was its own podcast episode at that point. Yeah, it was. So it's like we did a sound test and then we just went off on like this whole thing. I don't even know what it was, man. I, I don't know. But. So, yeah, I, I reached out to you guys and I was like, Brandon was supposed to get back to me. He was like, hey, I'll let you know. Right? I'll talk to Mike and I'll let you know. He never let me know. And then he's like, hey, dude, you ready for Saturday? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you want to record Saturday? I'm like, I mean, I haven't done research, dude, but sure. You know, I'll try and cram as much as I can. And then when I started really looking into it, I was like, I, I wrote down, I was like, hey, dude, this is a wormhole, man. Like, do you understand like what we're <laughs> what we're doing? So. That's my life right now, just a big wormhole and whatever. So today we're going to be talking about Ashtar. And we're going to refer to it as Ashtar Galactic Command. And we'll get to that. You know, we'll, we'll explain what that is. But guys, can you guys plug in your podcast and where people can find you? Because I'm a fan of the show. I enjoy the guys you talk about. And I think people, if they like my show, I'm sure they'll like your material. So you can find us on, um, you know, Spotify, all the other uh, podcast platforms with Celestial Mystery Hour. Our Instagram is Celestial Mystery Hour on Instagram. 
And then our Twitter is at CMH Podcast. Definitely, we're more active on Instagram if you're going to look at our social media. And then, you know, just follow us on the podcast platforms and give us a like and just listen and see if you enjoy the show. We started a new tagline. It's the best podcast to listen to at midnight because that's about all of our topics are weird and wacky. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking to Brandon about the the ghost that he has, and we'll probably, we could probably get into, into the after hour yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Ashtar, right, he is an, an ET, right, this being. And then it evolved, and we're going to talk about the origins a little bit. It evolved into Ashtar Command, and then it evolved into Ashtar Galactic Command, right? So it's like three different things. It's the same thing, but it's like three separate things, right? And it, and it goes through a little bit of an evolution. And the reason I like this topic so much is because I'm not into aliens per se, right? I'm into the the interdimensional aspect other realities, other dimension type thing. That's that's my, you know, bread and butter. You know, I want to say it's my bread and butter. And I love the simulation theory, right? I, I love that perhaps when a simulation may be controlled by Saturn. Who knows, right? And this brings in a little bit of that. Brings in aliens, which I'm not too crazy about. But then it has that, that they say we're on the fifth dimension or something like that. The fifth <laughs> dimension. <laughs> and then you can, you know, ascend to different dimensions, which... I think it's cool. Hey, I, I, you know, I don't believe some crazy things, but I've talked about some crazy things, and this isn't really all that crazy. It's it's, it's going to sound crazy. It's going to sound absurd. But right. <clears throat> the name sounds crazier than I think the actual teachings are, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, it's it's pretty much a teaching. Uh, it's a UFO religion. It's, just, it's, it's, it's that, right? Right. And that's been around for a while, right? Like, if you look and it's like, oh, even through ancient civilizations, and that's why I wanted to present the the topic first because we can branch out to so many things. You know, for example, the Anunnaki, which which is a, a, a you know a theory or hypothesis that I love, an idea that I love. Uh, ancient civilizations where these people were able to get this quote unquote advanced technology, uh, you know, quote you know quote unquote this this sacred knowledge or whatever you want to call it. How did these people back then get it, right? So it's like the only thing left is what. Aliens, ETs. <laughs> yeah, that's the only other option you have. If we didn't do it, then who did? All oh, the, the nomos. It's like, who the hell are the nomos? And they just right. point to the star system, like, oh, some Prometheus type thing. You know, it's like, oh, we found the same star system in all these paintings from all these different years. And it's like, we gotta go there, right, to find the architects. So, uh, it was first referred to as Ashtar, like I said, and sometimes called Ashtar Sharan, right? I don't, I don't know. Um, so it's it's a ET group or beings, uh, and people have said to have channeled these beings, right? And this is this is where I was talking to Brandon yesterday about, you know, from a Christian standpoint, you'll call it demonic, right? If it's not uh, of the Christian religion, it's, it's demonic or whatever. But, you know, I yeah. believe there are good entities, right? Um, but from a Christian standpoint, it, you know, it would be considered demonic. Like these people are channeling demons, right? Uh, and they're referred to as the guardians of the universe. I don't know about you, but that sounds badass. <laughs> I mean, it's it probably it's a little better than the guardians of the galaxy. So it's a little bit more encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. That movie sucked. 
What? What? The second one. The second. The first. Okay, Get off I'll the give podcast. You. <laughs> the, the second one did suck. I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, the second one. That's the one I'm talking about. The first one was, one was okay. First one was good. Yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, the second one was questionable. Let's just say that. But I yeah, wouldn't, you know, that. I'm a fan, right? So <laughs> I wasn't like. It. If you don't like it, get off the podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can like it. All right. So their website, and this is quoted, it says, who is the Ashtar Command? The Ashtar Command is the Peace Corp of God. I, I, this is, It gets weird, right? It gets it gets weird. Uh, so the first person, like the main superstar of all this, uh, George Van Tassel, right? From, and he was the first person to contact these beings, these entities, back in 1952. What got me interested happened in 1977, but there's been a few contacts, right, which we'll get into. And so obviously it, it's it's a cult. It's a cult. It's a UFO religion. But then I started thinking, I said, you know what is also a UFO religion? Scientology. Scientology yeah. is yeah. a UFO religion. You have Xenu and the Galactic Confederacy, right? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it just so happens to be I found it interesting that uh, George Van Tassel, he established some groups the same year that Scientology was established. So 1953, and we'll get into that. So uh, typically in a UFO religion, what the ETs are concerned with the, you know, with the welfare of humanity. They're watching over us. They're making sure we don't blow ourselves up. And eventually we'll merge with them or they'll come down and show us, you know, all this craziness, right? That's the whole gist of, of an, a UFO religion, right? That yeah. they control these these things, you know, these ETs control these UFOs and, and they're going to save us. That's the thing. And I don't know how I feel about it as far because some people believe it, to, you know, they believe aliens are angels, right? Angels are aliens, right? You have that aspect of it, which I don't know how to feel about that and... You know, again, we since th we can branch out in this, you know, the, we have the Book of Enoch, and you have all these different things with demonology and angelology, which, which again, it's like sort of, sort of the same thing, right? Uh, which I found very interesting. Um, so Van Tassel was the most important person for this, and then in 1947, he established the largest UFO center of the time, and it became the most. He was like a a, a superstar of his time with UFO. With UFOlogy, if you want to call it that. And then, like I said, in 1953, he created, and I put the cult, uh, Ministry of Universal Wisdom. And that was the same year that Scientology was also founded. L. Ron Hubbard said, before he died, he said, listen, the only way to make money is to make a religion. And it's so funny because this guy was the guy who, L. Ron Hubbard was the guy who wrote the most science fiction ever. Like, he is one of the authors who's written the most science fiction ever, and he made a religion. And I don't know if you guys have really looked into the religion of, of Scientology. Oh, I have not dabbled in Scientology. I've seen some so – I've seen, like, the base level stuff because I've, I've dived into um, – not actual projection, but remote viewing. I kind of looked into that stuff on my own, and I know they deal with that. And I've kind of listened to a couple – uh, people talk about their experiences with Scientology, but I don't know the inner workings of that mechanism. Well, you know, if 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 we flow with this episode, once we let loose, we can do one episode by itself. You know, we'll name it Tom Cruise and Scientology because oh, <laughs> Scientology yeah, I know he's super is involved. wild. 
it's it's wild, dude. And again, it's a demonic origin and like what I was explaining to you yesterday about Aaron Hubbard and John Parsons, right? So that's that's a whole other thing in itself. Um, so Van Tassel's organization, its main its main focus was to collect and analyze, and this is quote unquote, collect and analyze UFO phenomenon and interview contactees, right? So people who were abducted or said to have contacted UFOs. Um, and since he's the main person in 1952, he claimed that he had received messages from these beings, interdimensional beings, ET beings called named Ashtar. So that's how it started. And he was the first person to have supposedly contacted them and they contacted him telepathically. Right. And so again, he became like a superstar because of this. Yeah, I think they also like uh, from what we looked when I looked at it, it was talking about how he got he got taken to the planet Venus and he got telepathically talked to, <laughs> and I was like Venus, very strange that that's like that's the planet. Normally it's always we're looking to Mars, but just, it's just, I don't know. And then he got it was like telepathical, it was physical. What a strange, uh, what a strange experience for that man. Isn't Venus all gas? Or am I crazy? No, uh, I think it's. No, no I think it? it's it's. I think it might be solid, actually. Is it? I think Saturn's the one that's all oh, gas. Okay, yeah. Jupiter is a gas giant, but then, you know, what does Venus represent? Isn't that the the goddess of war or something like that? What does she represent? Because you got to look at that in you know astrology as well. I'm not big into that, but you uh, don't like uh, you don't like looking at the stars to see what your day is gonna be like, Juan. No, I don't. I like look. I'm a amateur astronomer that I like looking at the stars, right? right. Uh, but I don't believe that, uh, I, you know, I was talking to my sister about this yesterday about how we have what Venus retrograde or something like that. Mercury retrograde some, I've heard like, yeah. I've heard that like seven times. And I was like, you know, we're, we're mostly made of water. Right. So I, I could see where, where the moon could tug on us, but you know, affect our feelings. I don't, I don't know about all that. I mean, it's definitely a strange concept to think about. So I, I just don't know. I mean, no one's really revisited it now in the new age with like real, not I wouldn't say real science, but with a different eye. It's kind of just all the same stuff it used to be, and people just kind of copy and paste the same type of findings. Yeah, yeah, and again, I mean, science is a lot of guessing, you know, mm -hmm. quantum physics. Um, so <laughs> this is where it gets weird. So Van Tassel, he interpreted the Christian Bible in terms of ET interventions. In the evolution of the human race, and and I've heard this before, claim that Jesus was a being from space. Hmm. <laughs> Is that why the Romans killed him? Who knows, right? Could be. Uh, and then you have we talked about what yesterday, man. We talked about Prometheus. If you look into the the script of Prometheus, when the architect is talking to David, he didn't. They didn't subtitle it. And if you look in the script of the movie, he talks about, he said, listen, we try to save your race, but you, we sent you Jesus, which is Jesus Christ, and you guys killed him. So when you guys killed him, we just completely, you know, we're going to kill you guys. That's it. And again, if they would have left that in the movie, Brandon said it would have made it a lot better, but I, I feel like it so. would have. That would it would have triggered a lot of people, man. Oh, I mean, it it would have, but then it goes to show, like, where do you think that movie was based off of? Like, I mean, that, to someone who was directing that, yeah, it's aliens. But do you wonder if they had some Ashtar influence? And like, you know what? This is kind of a topic that we can touch <laughs> on because we have, you know, it's aliens. We got this history. It's like, you know, let's make a movie that kind of conveys the same message. 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't like. I told, we talked about. We talked about a lot of things yesterday, and I, you know, I'm not super religious. I was raised Christian, and I've gotten to the point in my life where I don't know what to believe because I posted a John Lennon quote that says, "The more I see, the less I know for sure." Right. Yeah. And that's that's my that's my podcasting experience, and and it's just the more I look into things and the more I dive into wormholes, the the less I know that I know. Right. And it's it's very frustrating, but hey, that's the way it is. And I don't believe everything. I, that's the thing. I don't believe everything. I have my own set of beliefs. I the reason I started po- this podcast is to talk about weird things like this. Hey, by the I, maybe by the end of this podcast, I'll be you know part of the Ashtar Galactic Command <laughs> because it sounds badass, right? Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> well, it it sounds well. It's better than Space Horse for right. sure. And oh, then um, I was actually thinking about joining that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I, I'd wait till they get the Ashtar Command involved. At least, just for we have some. How more do you know air. they don't already have it involved? Good hey, point. That's hey, who started hey. it, man. Well, the Ashtar Command really, uh, in in my line of looking at alien stuff, there's a couple of books that are um, basically that hints of like different alien races that have in you know interacted with the the U.S. or Earth. Uh, and the one thing that they brought up before is this thing called the Council of Five, and they're like a council that's you know in the universe that govern galactic. Uh, interactions and protect certain planets like we are a advanced civilization but not advanced enough for star travel so we're a protected planet so when i was looking into the ashtar stuff it really reminded me a little bit of this council of five thought process of we're here to help we're protectors of the galaxy uh but i don't know if they've actually i don't know if the council of five is really linked to the ashtar stuff it could just be the same beings but misinterpreted from whoever was researching the one thing well and something else weird too that i was thinking about is the whole aspect of channeling so you know when you hear it about modern channeling Michael. right it wasn't channeling man it was it... extraterrestrial advanced technology <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> well some would say <laughs> but that's the thing so you know is all of this channeling stuff first of all is that is it an advanced technology or is it just something spiritual that anybody can tap into well that that was my next that was my next point right so the ministry of universal wisdom and i be, i believe in this right so i i believe in that and 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 Brandon, i had never heard about that that cancel of five but i believe it right i believe that mm-hmm. we have been contacted by spiritual beings ETs, whatever you want to call them. I, I, you know, that, that isn't that the the conspiracy theory that the government has aliens or that they have alien technology. That's a that's a conspiracy, right? Yeah, yes. Bob Lazar just came out yeah, with all that Bob stuff. Bob Lazar, right? You know, Area 51 and Area 46 or something like that. Some crazy stuff. Uh, so the Ministry of Universal Wisdom taught that all humans have the power to quote unquote tap into the universal mind of God, right? Which helps facilitate our evolutionary process and i believe in the kashic records i believe in in that type of stuff again this is why i like this subject because it it it, that universal mind right that what's a theosophy yes right and and, and that that teaching of that we are able to it's almost like a gnostic believe the gnostics believe that that we are divinity and we are in essence gods and that we could you know, ascend, and and obviously it's a hierarchy, so the Gnostics were killed by the church. Why? Because it went against the narrative. And I don't want to get into religion, but that's just the way it is. If it doesn't fit the narrative, you're eliminated, right? If you're not part of, you know, eliminate the infidels, right? Uh, So, Van Tessel, and this, it gets kind of weird. 
He claimed by accessing these this universal mind, he could receive messages not only from the Ashtar, but from people who died, such as, brace yourselves, Nikola Tesla, right? He's, he was talking to Nikola Tesla. He said that Tesla gave him instructions to build something called an uh, Integratron, and it's a machine that could extend lifespan and access knowledge from the past and the future. Listen, I love Nikola Tesla. I believe this man when he says that Nikola Tesla told him that because Nikola Tesla was on to some shit. And that's why he was killed by the, you know, the opposing forces, right? He was funded by who? By J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan is a Freemason. You know, it's, it's all part of the Jesuits. But again, you believe what you want to believe. That's just my take on it. But he was on to something. He was obsessed with the pyramids. He was obsessed with frequencies, and even he even he even he said he said if we if science starts looking at the uh you know the non-physical phenomenon they would advance in, scientifically uh in a decade than they have since the beginning of time, and this guy was onto something. This guy was you know he was he was out there, but I I gotta believe Van Tassel when he when he says this. <laughs> uh, so. We talked about this. He said that it wasn't channeling, that the method that he used wasn't channeling, that he was able to use resources and the natural human abilities and the use of allegedly advanced forms of alien technology to be able to uh, receive these messages. And this whole thing going on right now with the coronavirus, and we talked about the space, we brought up the Space Force. I feel the, the what? My boys. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that. I feel, you know, how is it that we don't even understand our human anatomy? And we don't even understand what happens in a one by one inch square of dirt. And we want to go to other planets. Imagine. Let's talk about H.P. Lovecraft. Imagine we go to Mars, right? And imagine we encounter some alien extraterrestrial bacteria virus that we don't even have any clue of what it does on another planet, and we can't even solve the issue here on Earth with coronavirus. Can, let, let, you know, think about that for a second, right? Like, we don't even understand our human anatomy. I feel, and and this is why I love ancient civilizations like the Egyptians. We don't even know why they built the, the pyramids. What if these people were onto something of finding what this guy's talking about—that internal resonance and being able to tap into something else much? further what if the mayans the reason they disappeared from the face of the earth was because they were able to tap into this resonance and as a people leave this planet earth think well, about that speaking of resonance because um have you ever heard of a man named royal rife no so in the resonance oh well yeah resonance <laughs> as in like you know, sound waves and like yeah, oh, vibration yeah. so royal rife uh, he's in the 1930s. He made like a beam ray, and it was like a vibration machine or like a sound machine that vibrates to your body, and it he used it to cure cancer cells. And he I was like, it. he can't. He cured most of his patients, and then this is very conspiracy, but I've I've looked into it because I was looking at his machine. Uh, basically, he was on the cusp of like making it to where everyone could use it, and then out of nowhere, his 
laboratory caught on fire. His lab assistant got murdered. And then, like, he just, like, they lost all of his funding. Like, the world went against him immediately when he huh. started talking about how he could cure cancer with sound waves and vibrations. And that's something Tesla was into. It's all vibration mm-hmm. stuff. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the hint with all these different interactions with, like, Ashtar and all this and this channeling. It's always about these vibrations or linking up with whatever this other dimension is. So there's got to be something to it. If if all these different people have used vibrations to create something or connect with something, there's got to be some hint of truth in that. I agree. And again, there's Tibetan monks moving stones with sound, right? If you look into, uh, forgot the name of it, something levitation, look into that. And it's these people using sound and frequency. The free, that's why 5G freaks me out because frequencies do have a, you know, that's, that 40 to 60 hertz range can separate molecules, you know, can separate molecules at a, at a, at a molecular level. It can separate. Mo- imagine what it's doing to us. It's, you know, they tell you don't stand in front of your, your microwave. You can't stand in front. Don't put your head in front of your microwave. Why? Oh, it's because it's giving out rays. It's going to cook you. Imagine that. That's just that. Imagine these 5G antennas that they're putting up that are just beaming this stuff into the into the air. I have a friend of mine who, who climbs cell towers for a living. And he's like, hey, listen, dude, 5G is safe. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. This is coming from a guy who told me that he was almost – he got sick from standing in front of a 4G antenna when they turned it on. Yeah, that, stuff's, like, yeah, that yeah, stuff's not safe. It's bad. It's bad, man. It's bad. Uh, so, again, this is – he says that anybody can – tap into this using the proper training and techniques but this is all alleged allegedly right but it is proven that people who pray live longer right because it's a form of meditation right affirmation saying the same thing over and over again that's why i believe in the law of attraction and that's why i believe we're in a simulation because as long as you say things and you believe things and you're talking about cancer mind over matter right people who find out that they have uh, uh you know terminal illness die quicker than before that they knew why is that? Because of the mindset. And, and when you you know think of something and you believe it, it, it does manifest. I, I believe in that. I'm a firm believer in that. Well, it's funny because we did an episode not too long ago on the law of attraction, and Brandon was actually going to do a little experiment. I still kind of am. Like I'm like, I'm trying to use it every day, so I'll wake up and I like meditate and be like, so uh, I wanted to do healthy. I kind of was trying to use the law of attraction in the secret trial to like, uh, instead of using actual steroids or anabolic anabolics, uh, try to create like an anabolic steroid window in my mm-hmm. body. And then we try to do uh, something else. But like so I would wake up in the morning like I am healthy. I'm getting healthier. I am strong, getting stronger, blah, blah, blah. And I'd like say it throughout the day when I was at the gym. Even between sets, I like would I'd be chanting to myself that, and I did look weird. <laughs> uh, people would look at me, and I'm like, I am strong, getting stronger. And then I would do my lift, get done. I am healthy, getting healthier. Can somebody get the schizophrenic guy out of the gym, please? I pay, and he always wears Dragon Ball Z gear. So oh, just picture that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Especially you know, wearing Jiren or my Broly <laughs> stuff. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like when I would be in the, like as a kid, you know, watching Gra- Dragon Ball Z, I'd be in the shower and I'd be like trying to become super sin. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in the shower. <laughs> I, I will not lie. I have a book of Qui-Gon. It's like a, it's a Chinese uh, practicing of like meditation and like uh, you, moving molecules to heal people. And uh, when I first got that book, I spent a week just 
and this was like two years ago, I would stand. I'm like, focus the Kamehameha in my head. <laughs> and I'd do it for like an hour. And I'm like, all right, take a break. And then I'd like, you know, drink some water, get rested, and then go back again. Yeah, I'm not that committed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I haven't done it anymore, so I haven't done it. But that week, I was I was for sure thought, thinking I was going to move some molecules. I haven't heard I haven't heard that episode. I'm going to have to check it out. But I, I believe in it, man. I, I believe in that we can tap into something that we don't understand and again it's a possibility it's because there's a lot of things in this universe that we don't understand we don't understand the origins of humankind right so who's to say that we don't under we don't understand human anatomy whatsoever we don't know what the what's at the bottom of our oceans so so uh we have this and he's he was talking about this you know alien technology so when he was being contacted you know, when you have a group, when you have a cult, right, things start to evolve and start to happen. And then you're going to have other people. And so when other people eventually start saying that they were being contacted by Ashtar, Van Tassel said, no, your, your messages aren't aren't real. Right. It, it almost sounds like something like a religion. Right. Let's like cult. Right. So it's like if you're 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 wrong, I'm right. And there was a person and this is where Ashtar command comes into play. Robert Short, he broke away and and made his own group, which he turned into Ashtar Command. And by the mid-1950s, this whole idea of this galactic law enforcement agency, which was watching over humanity, became a thing. It was was well established. And we we see movies about it. Like I said, there's movies about it and, you know, different stories about it where these ETs guard humanity. And then... uh, you know, a lot of people started talking about their return, but they started coming up with these predictions and these, these, you know, like the, 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 the you know, humanity is going to, is going to die. You know, we're all going to die. The end of the world is coming. They started saying things like that, like apocalyptic messages. And obviously it didn't come true because this is the 1950s. And then you had other channelers, quote unquote having conflicting messages, right? So the credibility of the organization is not looking good at this point. And now we're going to we're going to talk about ascended masters. Something I like to call the ancient astronaut cuz that's that's a bit that's been a thing and then we talked about the ancient civilizations that there's different depictions. We have the Anunnaki. What were the Anunnaki? This alien race that came down to earth and gave people technology that we don't know about and it's depicted and that's why you have these the same beings throughout all these ancient civilizations from different times and different parts of the world the same guy was it that it was the same guy just given different names or again were it's aliens man aliens that that one meme guy from ancient aliens it's aliens right like yeah (laughs) so uh another influence that i like and he was he was way before all this. H.P. Lovecraft, one of my favorite authors, you know, The Call of Cthulhu, uh, Color Out of Space. At the Mountains of Madness is my favorite. At the Mountains <laughs> of Madness. You know, this guy wasn't that cosmicism, that that outer space, that that these beings dwelling that drive you crazy telepathically, like, you know, these these the great old ones, right? The Cthulhu mythos, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Theosophy. That referred to ET masters, right? Helena Blavatsky in The Secret Doctrine in 1888 wrote about this. And there's a reference in that book, which is a Sanskrit term 
Ashtar Vidya, right, which is it means technology of advanced warfare of the type mentioned in the Mahabharata, which is an ep- uh, epic uh, of ancient India, which is wild. Like, it's wild, right? They talk about these nuclear weapons and all this craziness and this galactic war of these brothers, right? And that's that again, that reinforces the Anunnaki. A lot of the guys who are famous for the Anunnaki talk about this, these depictions. There's places, I believe there's a place in India where you see where it was almost like an atomic uh, blast and the site is still radioactive and you have bodies still petrified in the ground. And it was like, did what What the hell happened here? Did these people actually have some sort of, of nuclear war back then? They, did they have access to things like this? And then you, you have people who talk about Mars, that, that big canyon, the biggest canyon in the solar system on Mars, that that wasn't that, that that was actually part of a, a space war between Enki and Enlil, which were the Anunnaki rulers, which, again, if you want to believe that, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what you guys think about that. What do you think, Brandon? The Anunnaki is uh, a hot topic in ancient civilization stuff. I don't know where I fall in line. I don't know if I'm on the Graham Hancock side where it's a ancient civilization that's smarter than us, that they pass down information. And who knows? Maybe they were a bunch of furries. That's why they were depicted as half animals, <laughs> half beings. Or if it was actually some... Because like, E.T., extraterrestrial, just means not of this planet. So it could mm-hmm. be a different dimensional being. But we, you know, we always assume it's as an alien, like little green men or like um, the reptilians. But sometimes it could just be a different dimensional being. And I mean, what if it is just the reptilian from a different dimension? So who knows? Uh, I'm kind of, I kind of, I kind of wave back and forth. I, I lean right now more on the ancient civilization side, but I'm down to be disproven and shown <laughs> that it was dimensional beings from a different planet. And I'd love that to be the truth. I think I'm more on the spiritual side of it, though. Like, I think that whereas you're more of like it was actually people that came here. I, I'm a Christian, so I kind of fall more in line with like Christian beliefs that way. So I think it could be something spiritual more so than physical. I'm going to have to agree with both of you. I can't pick. Right. So it's, it, it right. would be cool. Right. If there was little green men. But then I'm going to have uh, Dr. Michael. Uh, P Masters on my show, and he wow. is a professor at the University of I don't know where I, I don't remember, but he wrote a book about that these extraterrestrials, and he calls them something I forgot what he calls them. I I read his book and I forgot already. That extraterrestrials, quote unquote, these UFO, he calls them identified flying objects. That they're actually us. And remember, this guy is. He's got a PhD in, uh, you know, uh, bipedal biology and like the evolution. So this guy is not some wacko off the internet, right? This guy is an actual guy who's got a PhD and knows about the evolutionary process of mankind. And he said eventually, right? So you have these bipedal things that these things that they have features like just like us. It's us in the future so advanced and coming back in time. To study yeah. ourselves back then, like just how an archaeologist studies bones, you know, it's the same concept. And not only that, but it makes me think of Elon Musk. Elon Musk wants to have what a million people on Mars by 2030 or 2050 or something like that, some crazy number. What's to say that Elon Musk doesn't discover, right? He's he's got the Neuralink, and I, we can tie this into also the singularity. We'll get into that. 
Again, this is why I love this topic, because we can branch on to so many things that I love. And Elon Musk has said that, what's the whole point of the singularity? Immortality. Let's say that Elon Musk does discover, and we are we do download our consciousness into computers, and we live forever. What's to say that Elon Musk doesn't say, hey, let me start a tourist company, and let's travel back in time. I'm going to charge people you know, $50 million to go back in time and view any point in time that they wanted to. Why? Because we see the depictions of quote-unquote UFOs throughout all these these weird old paintings, right? You see these little things in the background. It wasn't that the Da Vinci Code, wasn't something like that in the Da Vinci Code where they see like these little UFOs in the back or something like that? And yeah, like you see, see them all the time in that stuff. Yeah, right? It's weird. So it's like maybe that is a thing. And that would flip the whole E.T. aspect on its head. Right. But at the same time, what is it called? The Fermi's Paradox where what if we're not alone? What if there is a bunch of different planets and i like to believe that because the chances of 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 us being alone that's so that would be very ignorant to think right. of that that we're alone it's just i for the fermi's paradox i always take it in this aspect like if you live in like a larger state or a country and you live kind of in like the the, the boondocks or like the the boonies where no one goes getting to out of your place to another place takes like 30 minutes so for mm-hmm. us like who knows how fast space travel can really be in like a physical mean so we might just be all the way out like maybe the milky way galaxy might just be like the rednecks of the wood and no one really comes out <laughs> to our way because we got a bunch of hillbillies on our planet and all the other planets so they just don't kind of stop by unless they're like you know saying hey you guys want to come join us you got to kind of follow these steps and we're like don't you talk to us again alien man and they're like okay <laughs> Well, with all this COVID stuff, too, they could be trying to communicate, but that's why they say the government's keeping everything from us, because everybody would go nuts. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at that. They, there's, if, if they told us that aliens are real, people who could, people can't even handle just having toilet paper. They have to yeah, buy every toilet paper. So that, that's like, it's just a flu type of thing, and they're yeah. freaking out. Imagine if they go, yeah, you know, maybe God's real, but also aliens are real. We've been hanging out. Our Half of our government's aliens, and so we're all going to be like, well... It's over. And going back to your Da Vinci thing, it's interesting, too, because, like, there are a bunch of different pic- or paintings out there where mm-hmm. there are mysterious things in the background. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff is tied to religious paintings, which is really interesting to me because it's like, are they trying to communicate that it's one and the same? I mean, I don't know, but it's a good what, thought. Michael, what are you trying to get at? What did you just say? Yeah. So, like, uh, like you were talking about the Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all these Da Vinci paintings out there that have like, you know, a picture of like a UFO or something that could be taken as like, you know, a, a visitor from another world. Mm-hmm. And so to me, all of the paintings that are, that have it in there are tied to uh, like have a religious aspect to it. So was Da Vinci trying to communicate some secret knowledge that maybe, you know, the extraterrestrials are tied to what we conceive as spiritual beings? I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting thought. I didn't say it, ladies and gentlemen. You heard that directly from Michael. I didn't have to say it, but there you go. What if? <laughs> what if that is the truth, right? How would that change humanity if we did find it? You know, we're talking about toilet paper. We can't even the responsibility of owning toilet paper. We can't even take that. Imagine if we had the access to extraterrestrial technology. How people would, like you said, go haywire with it. They would and and abuse it. And again. It's just like gun ownership and, and the Second Amendment, you know, as long as you're responsible. No, no, no. You know, once people have access to it, who knows? But I, I got to agree with you on that. And perhaps it is 
The Bible is a book up for interpretation. If you read it, you can take a lot of different messages and aspects of it. And there's even talks of, quote-unquote, you know, extraterrestrial activity in there. Yeah, you want to get into that, but that's, you know, that's a whole other thing. So, <laughs> back to the ancient astronauts, right? Uh, some people claim that it wasn't a spiritual message that Van Tassel was having. It was, uh, you know, an actual contact between extraterrestrials to humankind. And, you know, it always focuses on the same thing, you know, the whole intervention and the, the human progression and evolution. And, you know, throughout the 1950s and 60s, a lot of people came out and started to claim that they were having contact with these people. And even till this day, there's people who give you Ashtar Galactic Command messages. Right? If you go on YouTube right now, look it up, and you'll have people who are, oh, listen, this is what the command said and, you know, all these things. And But the Ascended Masters are people who, you know, it's like the, 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 the representatives of these entities – or, or beings, if you want to call them. Um, yeah, and then the Ascended Masters, like, they all have to go through these different initiation stuff mm -hmm. to go from... Uh, so I think was the fifth dimension was the base form, and then you'd go from that <laughs> I to... I can't keep up with them all. Uh, I can't, me either. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I want to know... Is, I wonder if they've updated it with String Theory. So String Theory thinks there's 15 dimensions at this point. Maybe even more. I was gonna say I thought there was more than that now. So there's more. How, there's more. So is the ninth dimension just how much with with how how far like you know it's like Call of Duty when you're getting your ranks or leveling up you hit yeah. your prestige level and you're like you have to go you had to restart and go higher or do you get is there like a, a like a higher initiation but before besides like the ninth where we get into the higher realms or I don't know like is it to stop it and nine? how does one become an I want to become an ascended master how do I get into that uh, you gotta uh, <laughs> follow I'm trying to think follow the ashtar away yeah, we'll, let's get him on the podcast yeah let's get him and just doing an episode and and uh i'm pretty sure you can reach out to them and they'll be more than happy there, <laughs> if you go on their website actually there is a uh, contact me page and they I'll will see. teach you uh yeah uh you can donate their services you can contact you can donate. <laughs> yeah. i wonder if they have a patreon i wonder how up to date they are <laughs> Well, it was funny because when I first started researching it, the website was down, and then I, I looked it up a few days later, and it uh, it was back up. So I don't know, right? They're getting hacked. So it's well, funny. This says here it says the Ashtar Command are God's angels of the harvest, assisting Lord Jesus Sananda, the Christ teacher for the earth, during this time of the planetary ascension in his mission to free humanity from the matrix and. Return the Earth to the Christ vibration. Holy <laughs> shit! Try so, to unpack all that. I yeah, think, I think they kind of do what you do with Instagram. You're just hitting all the tags. Like we're getting a little bit of the Christian. We got the simulation theory. We got the Matrix, the Neo, the vibrations, I Tesla. They yeah. put the whole thing in. Well, and I don't want to jump ahead of you either, but look at how far it's come from the very beginning, where it was just like Ashtar, and it was just um, the original guy. You know, now it's like a blending of everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I actually have that up right now, the Ashtar movement slash evolution. So, you know, like you said, it, it, it became this new thing. And they call it a new age spiritual uh, milieu, which is like a movement or like, you know, generation. And during, the, during these times, obviously, all these different, Ashtar channelings, they varied, right? And they had conflicting messages and all that stuff. 
And then it got transformed. <laughs> and I don't like this name as much, but again, you have these different little sects that would break away. You just have how you have different, uh, you know, uh, types of Christianity and, 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 you know, you have the Pentecostals, the Baptists, all these different, right? So they all have sort of like the same center thing, which is Jesus. And then they just break away and like, oh, well, we believe that Mary is, you know, sacred or whatever. And then some people, oh, no, we don't believe that. And, you know, you have that that conflict between the same people. You have the Mormons, right? They also believe in Jesus, no? They, they believe in some weird... But I've heard the Mormon faith is... is uh, the Mormon... The Mormon, the I, I could talk to you all day about that. But the Mormon right faith is, uh, yeah, Michael's probably way better at that. But I, I've, I've dived a little in it, and it's, uh, you know, it's very strange. So a lot of Christians would believe not to see. I don't want to get off on a tangent. Sorry, yeah. but um, a lot of Christians would believe that the Mormon Church is a cult in themselves. So when I was going to Bible school, they talked about how a cult is really just somebody that claims to be a part of a movement but don't hold the actual beliefs of that movement. Mm -hmm. So, and I would say even with Ashtar that that was what the original people would say to people now um, Mm -hmm. is that's why it's became a cult because it's not all the same original beliefs. Mm -hmm. The same with Mormonism. They, they have some of the basic things and the basic ideas, but they've changed it too much to where you can't say that it's true Christianity. You know, that's the thing about a cult, right? It always takes that one guy to start having sex with everybody. That that's exactly. all it takes. <laughs> it takes just one guy. It's like, hey, you know, you wanna you wanna let me just touch you a little bit? You know, it's like and then he turns into something. It's always the leader always starts yeah. touching and just you know, having sex with everybody. But yeah, it, it it gets dark and weird, right? Well, do you think that they start out that way or do you think they get corrupted by that power? They get corrupted by that power when they see that they could that and we talked about uh, I, I talked to Brandon about this yesterday about this you know Hitler for example this charismatic guy who who was able to appeal to the masses but imagine if he would have used that energy for good right so it's like you said they 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 see their their influence on these people which I like to call sheeple because if right. if, if you really fall into something like that you have issues you have underlying issues that go deeper down than, than just, you know, you know, being in a cult. Cause how can you really think about it? How can you get sucked up into that? Uh, I don't know if you've seen that documentary on Netflix where the guy is in love with the guy's daughter and then he starts having sex with the mom and the dad to have blackmail. And then he fakes a, a fake alien abduction and he makes the girl think that in order for her to save humanity, he, uh, she has to have his baby, and she was like a, a 14 or 13 year old girl at the time. And he 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 would like take her off by himself to go ride horses, like this weird thing. But the parents would allow it because he had blackmail against them. I did see that. Yeah, that was a crazy. And you think how can like you said, how can somebody get caught up into this? You know, and I don't know the answers, but a lot of people, a I lot. think they just want to believe in something. You know, well, I yeah, I don't know. You ha- again, that's why the Bible is so important because right. it is a manual on life, right? So yep. some people do need guidance. Some people are weak-minded and they need guidance in life. And they say, if, if this makes you, a, as long as you don't hurt children, as long as you don't hurt children, because that's the thing. If you hurt children, you're a piece of shit yep. and you deserve the fullest extent of the law. And I feel that they should kill and I would eat anybody who did anything to my son. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I I endorse cannibalism to a certain extent. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> we don't want to mess with you. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, as long as you don't hurt people or put out a negative message, 
but again, it, it, like you said, that power, it gets corrupted and it starts turning to something dark. And as long as you can follow doctrine, like, you know, the Ten Commandments, don't kill people, don't envy, take care of your mom and dad, you know, don't, you know, what, don't lust over that neighbor's wife or something like that, right? Uh, love your spouse, all this stuff that is, is good in a sense that's good to be to be able to uh govern a civilization govern a people that's why moses i feel moses was presented with the ten commandments because he had a following he had people that he needed to govern over right and if, if god gave him this knowledge and, and listen this is this is sacred this came from god and this is what he wants us to do then people are going to look up to that right that's the way i feel about things yep. and and um you know well let me hit you with this then because I was going to with the corruption of all these people who've become cult leaders. Do you think that these Ashtar beings or all these beings that try to help us out, try to help us like try, trying to help us evolve back to the you know Moses days where people were more um, together and could handle it? Because right now it seems even if they have good intentions, the power corrupts absolutely. Right. That's and what I was going to say. So. Is it something they're trying to do to help us go back to a time where maybe it wasn't as easy to corrupt the humans, let's say soul or spiritual, uh, like, you know, they're, where they're leaning at, and they could actually be leaders of this type of, I wouldn't say call for this uh, spiritual wave or knowledge to be leaders for the other humans? So I wanted to get into that uh, when I, when I come up. Um, a slide away from the transcript of the 1977 mm. uh, transmission. Because, again, like I told you yesterday, we can relate this to the hollow earth theory with Admiral Byrd when he was contacted by the master. And what message did the master essentially give to him? You know, tell your people not to blow themselves up. They harness the power of the atom. If you guys give that up, we'll share our technology with you. Obviously, we're America. We're not doing that, baby. <laughs> We're not giving up the nu the nukes, right? No, everybody else has to give up the nukes except for us. And <clears throat> uh, Vrillian, which is, again, it gets you know convoluted with all these different things. Uh, he essentially, the 1977 broadcast, which I will be playing at the end of this episode because it's a, like a six, seven minute clip. And it's very weird. You can't really understand it. And then there's... There's contradictions on what he says, and it's up for interpretation. So I'll play – if you're interested in that, I'll play that at the end of the episode, and you guys can listen to it. Or you can YouTube it. You know, look up Ashtar Command Transmission 1977. Watch and, it during uh, the daylight because I got creeped out when yeah, I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird, very weird. Um, let, me, let, me, let me wrap up with this Ashtar. Uh, so it got transformed, right? We have these different breakaways. And then it got transformed into something that I don't really like the name of. It doesn't sound as badass, honestly. Uh, it got turned into the Guardian Action International and then the Guardian Activation International, which is you know, it's not that cool, right? Uh, not as cool as Ashtar Command, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to give it to them. And then you have the Guardian Action Publications, which was – so they started getting more structured. And they, they you know, they, they start to develop this hierarchy and – so they, they have this publication to put out books and newsletters about the Ashtar, and they wanted to be able to control what was coming through because you had all these channelers that were, you know, coming out with these conf, conf, conflicting messages. And so they made it to where almost like the church, right? So if anything else, and this is where I, where I love it, if anything else comes through, it's just 
rebels that broke away from the Ashtar Command and are opposing forces. <laughs> you know, so like the demons of the Ashtar Command pretty much, you know, misleading these people to uh, come up with these messages. And then eventually any apocalyptic message that people were getting was uh, was disregarded and that what they set these principles that any message that came up how to meet these 12 guidelines of what they represented, right, to be valid. So they, they, they started getting more structure. They started to get their shit together after like 15, uh, 50 years, 45 years to be exact. And uh, yeah, it was about time, right? So uh, this German scholar, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, Grunkloss, I don't know. He uh, refers to the Ashtar Command as a worldwide network of several loosely organized groups, a.k.a. And he just describes them as cults, you know, like cargo cults, right? Uh, and they just they, there's a blend of that spirituality and, the, you know, the, the, the technology. And who knows if, like how you were saying, if it is a spiritual thing or if it was an actual physical thing that these people were experiencing. I, I feel like it was more, if, if you really look into it, they're like, oh, we're, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm talking to Ashtar. And it's like, okay. It seems like it's a form of meditation. Who knows if they're taking psychedelics, right? If they're if they're smoking some good weed, and it's <laughs> like, wow, I just I was just channeled. Uh, Ashtar just talked to me. That was amazing. Who knows if it was that, you know? Right. Well, and if it happened in today's world, I would say they're definitely on some DMT, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. it, it, but it happened like with the original part of it. It happened so long ago. Did they have access to that stuff? I don't know. I mean, it what? was in the 50s. Like, uh, I know they probably didn't have access to ayahuasca um, or even I don't know if they had access to psilocybin. I know they had weed back then. Michael, uh, psychedelics, the role of psychedelics has been around since the beginning of time. And Terrence McKenna has right. or, or not. not Yeah. Terrence McKenna has the stoned ape theory. Right. Which <clears throat> the hunters and gatherers back then would eat the psychedelic. Uh, herbs or mushrooms or whatever and they would have these because uh, there's no explanation for how you know they say advanced civilization was 6,000 years old that for thousands of years the evolutionary process was halted right and this is when the ancient alien thing comes in that they genetically modified us the Anunnaki yeah. because in such a short time span the size of the human brain like tripled in size and it's like why how did that happen you know because for they say humanity is what 100 200,000 years old whatever and then in a in a short time span it we just boom you know out of nowhere our brains tripled in size and we're these you know crazy advanced you know can use tools and all this stuff it's like you know uh they talk about and I know, I know you're uh religious they talk about there's there's you have um gee, I forgot his name the guy who discovered deceased the 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 Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh, uh, oh yeah. John Marco sure. Allegro. Um, he, uh, is that his name? Yeah, something like that. Whatever. I probably butchered that. I'll, I'll look it up just to be sure because I don't want anybody giving me any any shit <laughs> for it. But he talks about that there's evidence that the Christian. Uh, so right now I'm reading a reading a book, and this is gonna trigger people, but you know this is just this is my podcast. Whatever. Uh, it's called. Let me close this. The psychedelic gospels. The secret history of of hallucinogens in Christianity, right? So, again, there's talks of that, and then you have people like 
let me find his name here. I can't find the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, John M. Allegro. Yeah, so John Marco Allegro. And he talks about the holy mushroom, you know, the mushroom and the cross, where they correlate. Uh, we talked about Moses earlier. Uh, the bush that was burning was perhaps an acacia tree in that part of the world where it it has high traces of DMT. So they say that Moses and, and, and Joe Rogan talks about this all the time, where he could have been having a DMT trip because you meet these entities. And I've had episodes all on this subject alone, DMT entities and what they tell people. And I've, and I know individuals who have had crazy trips and who knows if it was that. And, and you have, you know, groups in Mesoamerica with peyote and these different psychedelics for thousands and thousands of years. And again, they used it to be able to do these different ceremonies. And there's different psychedelics that say you can talk to the dead. And they, you know, we talked about, you guys mentioned DMT. Who knows if that is the thing that's, that it takes to break out of the quote-unquote matrix and the simulation, right? So who knows if, if, they, if they are on <clears throat> psychedelics, which is another subject that fascinates me. Um, I haven't ever tried psychedelics. I'm in the process of, you know, I, I respect that a lot. I, I respect that a lot and I don't feel it should be used recreationally. So when the time is right, I will try them. I do have access to them, but I haven't taken that leap. I don't feel I'm ready yet. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, these aspects and these concepts of Ashtar, I like to write, it's, it's the transformation of human beings via technology. What is that? Transhumanism. The singularity to, so, you know, a machine. becoming a machine. So, and the credibility of this, of the, of the Ashtar command wasn't the best throughout these years. And then I want to talk about now about that Southern television broadcast interruption in 1977. So it was the first broadcast interruption and it was at the Hannington transmitter of the independent broadcasting authority in the United Kingdom at 5.10 p.m. on November 26, 1977. And I will probably post in the description the transcripts of the entire thing. There was another transmission, which wasn't recorded, but there were transcripts of, allegedly, which I couldn't find, uh, in 1971, where it was supposedly the same being, and the guy, it was weird because the guy was talking to it, and it wasn't registering on their soundboard, right? So the guy was listening to him and it wasn't registering on their soundboard. So they had no way of shutting it out. But the guy was, you know, they could see where the guy, when the guy would talk to the host, it was, you know, going up and down on the levels. But when the, when this thing would talk, it wasn't registering. So it was weird. And in this broadcast, again, the gist of the message was, you know, humanity needs to pretty much save itself from self-destruction. And it's never been solved, lasted six minutes, and they actually weren't aware of it until people started calling in and being, hey, listen, there's some craziness going on with you guys' broadcast. We're having this crazy voice come on. They couldn't turn it off. Nobody's ever claimed as it, you know, as they're doing. And I, and I feel like if you did something this quote unquote cool, if it was a hoax, that people would have. Come on. Hey, you know, hey, I did it. You know, like how ISIS, we're responsible, right? right. <laughs> I mean, it come... seems like that was like the coolest thing for the time. So why wouldn't you take credit for it? It's weird. So and not only that, 
so again, the reports of what he says, and that's why I want people to listen to it for themselves and then read the transcripts. Because when you once you start reading something and you read it and you listen to it, you automatically just hear what you read. So I want people to first listen to it. It's very hard to listen to because you can't. It's creepy how you said. Make sure you listen to it during the daytime because it's creepy. And there's different things of what he says. Some people say that he calls himself Vrillian. Some people say he calls himself Gillian. Others, Asteron. Some people say he never said Galactic Command. Some people say he said something else. And in order to interrupt that broadcast, you would have not only needed a, an immense amount of power to be able to you know, break into that uh, broadcast, but you also needed the technical know-how of how to intercept that that uh that transmission so again i don't know how you guys feel about that but the the vrillian you have the vril society which were an occult society of the nazis and me and brandon talked about the nazis yesterday yeah and again it brings me back to that admiral bird i made a my one of my episodes is nazi mole people uh (laughs) operation high jump and hollow earth and it's like these these uh, Aryan race that's inside the earth that talked to Admiral Byrne and told him the same thing. They said, hey, listen, don't uh, tell humanity to give up the weapons of mass destruction. You guys don't need that stuff. And if you guys give them up, we're going to give you our technology. And then obviously, and again, Admiral Byrne was a highly regarded person, uh, one of the most decorated admirals of, you know, of ever. And to come out and say this, but then, you know, it was a book published after the fact that he died. And, you know, there's a little bit of controversy between if it's real or not. But who knows? I like to I like to think anything is possible at this point. But, yes, the whole I feel that to touch on what we talked about earlier, what message they were trying to convey. They are, you know, these guardians of the galaxy or guardians of the universe. I don't know. I, I. I'm at the point in my life where I do believe in a higher power, uh, whether that be a programmer, whether it be an architect, whether that be whoever it is. I feel there is something because things I, I don't feel things are the way they are. It feels almost as if it's like this perfect, not perfect thing, but like this, this. I don't know, the simulation where things are just so well put together. It's not I, I don't feel that. We were just came from a little atom, right? This little explosion and everything just fell into place. Well, to add on to that one, I'm about to blow your mind. So I have a, there's a, there's a theory that, uh, so you know how like it, 2012 was supposed to be like the end all be all of everything. So mm-hmm. I've been told or I've looked into this theory that um, ever, like at, at 2012, humanity figured out time travel. And then and that's why everything feels so weird <laughs> since 2012. The Mandela because, effect. <laughs> yeah, like something happened, and then like I don't know, the, the 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 trajectory of humanity has changed a little, or like the feeling of it because of that moment. And I have someone who really enjoys that theory, <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, you're talking about novelty theory that Terrence McKenna talked about. Um, so he there was evidently this um, form of witchcraft or sorcery in China um, called Qing theory or or Qing or something like that. That's racist. Uh, yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> but basically, he um, was able to 
prove mathematically or he had a proof mathematically that it correlated to different periods of time where we had um, a higher chance of something out of the ordinary to happen. And he, just like the Mayan calendar, his calendar that he made with all this information ended in 2012. And somehow he correlated it to time travel because like Brandon said, if we were able to transcend time, whenever we created that ability, all of time would cease to be linear and it would become, it would happen all at once, which is a really interesting thought. Terrence that, said that? Terrence, Terrence said, yeah, it was called novelty theory. And everybody always um, gets him with like the psychedelics, but he had a lot more going on into other things that people don't know about. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm familiar with Terrence uh, with his work, but I never did uh, stumble across this. I'm going to have to yeah. check it out. It's check it out. It's, it really is interesting. That guy is, that guy... I feel like that guy was a leader of a cult, right? The way you see right. people like almost worship him in a way and like right. laugh at all his jokes and, and all the, you know, these hours and hours of, of lectures that he did. It was weird too. We talked about the theosophy part of it. Um, and in my opinion, I think that he was just um, a, a continuation of what, um, and we can get into it maybe, and I'll let you get into it, but um, a continuation of theosophy only using psychedelics. It's all the same teachings. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, they're, they're using, you know, and like you said, maybe they were using them back then too. I mean, I don't know, but I do know that it seems like he does have all the same ideas in common with this theosophy belief. Well, yeah, there, there's the, you know, there's depictions and, and even cave paintings of these people using these different herbs and, these different things, even even in the supposed uh, tomb of Solomon, they found uh, uh, I think I forgot what the name of it, the some form of cannabis. Mm -hmm. And you know, obviously he had those dreams, right? Solomon, King Solomon had those dreams where God talked to him, and one of the most interesting people in the Bible as well. And who knows? I, I, me and Brandon talked about this yesterday about the use of recreationally using drugs and versus the sacred part of it because it is something that grows from nature and it is something that was given to us. And it, it's funny that, and Terrence McKenna says this, where they don't care about our well being. You know, I'm paraphrasing his quote they care about it opening up our minds and, you know, regarding everything that you knew to be a lie. You know, that, that's the thing to open this higher consciousness. If you are able to achieve that through these substances and i've talked to you know psychedelic consultants about this and i asked them is it cheating to use these things because then you have I, I was actually listening to this other podcast uh where there was this christian guy on and he was talking about how our third eye is the pineal gland because obviously they say that you can uh produce dmt in that gland and that as Christians, you're able to unlock this power of the pineal gland, the third eye, through means of meditation and prayer. But that gets kind of weird too, right? Because isn't that kind of woo-woo for Christians to believe in that? It's like, oh, they consider it right off the bat witch, uh, witchcraft or, or you know, magic. And I don't know how a lot of Christians would feel about that. But coming from a—I have a Christian background, Pentecostal— I would feel that they would be against that, you know? I mean, it all, yeah, it just all depends on the different viewpoints that they have uh, and where they're coming from and where their belief stems from. So some of them might be into it, some of them might not be. It just depends on the different sects. I mean, even just like how the Ashtar is split up, like you said before, uh, they're all 
different. So they're all going to have different viewpoints on the original doctrine or the original way, like the way they thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my next person is Yvonne Cole. And it's funny because I couldn't find any information on this person. It was a supposed channeler. And they're from 1986. And they predicted the destruction of all Earth and its civilizations and the arrival of Ashtar and, and various aliens in 1994. Right. But obviously that didn't come to, to, to fruition. And Not yet. Not yet, right? But then she also touched what we talked about earlier, that the government is in touch with these higher ETs, whether they be physical or, or you know, physical or interdimensional or whatever, and that they would eventually desensitize human uh, humanity into believing, you know, almost like a post-disclosure world, which I can see where we're headed with that because – Obviously, what do we need a space force for? Why, why do we need a space force? Why has Trump – even Trump came out and said, well, what did he say? Listen, I just know they're real, right? I just know that they're out there. And even the, the Air Force came out and they're, they're declassifying all these videos uh, and they're talking about how there are things in our airwaves and our airspace. And under the water too, there's there's aircrafts that have been – you know, uh, the Nim, the SS Nimitz uh, incident, you know, this, this little tic-tac and – They've seen him dive underwater and go really fast underwater, and these submarines have picked up these weird anomalies underwater, which who knows? What if there are spacecrafts that go underwater to cool down, right? And to be able to go through underwater and craziness, because the oceans are so vast and so big. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, they definitely, like, there's definitely, at this point, it seems like there's something out there. I mean, there's always declassified information. You just got to find it. And even though it is, like, even though they redact a lot of the information, they can leave it a lot to be speculative. So exactly. you can kind of, you can think, you can kind of put five and five together to make ten sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the mid 1990s, obviously the, the internet, they're growing their members. They establish a single, uh, you know, authoritative source. For all messages, so there's less conflicting messages, no no failed prophecies. So they're starting to build up their reputation, right? They, they created a single Ashtar worldview. And then, like I mentioned earlier, any apocalyptic message was disregarded and they set some principles. And if you didn't achieve these messages through, quote unquote, level of the soul, whatever the hell that means, then you were disregarded. And obviously they created a, a, an orthodoxy. So they, they, they had this, this hierarchy and this structure and it took him 45 years to do that, right? And some people associate Ashtar as a divine figure like Jesus Christ. And some people even say that Ashtar is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, that's uh, that's some shit, right? Oh, I mean, I definitely see – I feel like I could see Jesus being part of the Ash, Ashtar command. I <laughs> Wearing that little uniform that they have in when you look up the Google's, uh, Google images of him. <laughs> it's like that. a Star Trek-looking thing with the long blonde hair. Uh, it'd be so weird to see that person just walking around. Yeah, that would. So, obviously, they had this, and then they, they talk about these millions of spaceships that are constantly around the world. And they don't interfere with humanity unless there's like some catastrophic event that's going to happen. And, you know... Uh, this guy named Helen, which I don't know who that is because it's weird. I'm looking up these different people and I'm not finding any information on it, but this is coming from the Wikipedia page. Shout out to Wikipedia. Uh, 
Helen, which I put in quote in in parentheses, I said IDK, who the f that is, right? <laughs> I don't know who it is. He says that the emergent groups were more spiritual and less focused on extraterrestrials and like you know the physical things, and how uh, Michael was mentioning earlier that it's it's very uh, it's distinguished very little from the beginning uh, to what it is now, but it still has its you know, main core thing, right? So what you talking about earlier about it being a cult and then the core values from the very beginning changing to now instead of keeping those values, you know, you see that change. Uh, and then there's the, the last thing that we're going to talk about is the Pioneer Voyage, which happened in 1994. And it was a group of them which had experienced the liftoff experience. And that's quote unquote. And they said that they communicated via the Ashtar Network and that they went aboard these ships of light that were circling the planet, the 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 galactic fifth fleet, and that they had used, and this is all quote-unquote, physical vibrational transference, which took the human consciousness and just transferred them to these ships. So this whole time, these people are on Earth, right? They're just being, it's, if it's astral projection or whatever it is. Out-of-body experience type out of Out-of-body experiences, and they're being projected into these ships. And then a second experience later that year, I believe, uh, the leadership of Ashtar uh, claimed to have opened, quote-unquote, opened a portal to Ashtar command ships forever. And, again, it went off from being a spirit, you know, from a physical to a spiritual. And... I don't know, guys. I, I I don't know. I really like this whole idea of the Ashtar Command. I just feel that I I, I don't know. I might look up to joining them. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I will say the video is what gets me. Um, in 1977, that I mean, it might be a spoof, and I, it probably is, but it's a very good one. You know, you don't see too many that. I mean, it sounds real, and the thing that gets me too is the message behind it. They're not necessarily saying anything that's that an alien wouldn't say or, a, a you know, a master wouldn't say. It seems like that's that's the idea that they would have. Mm -hmm. So to touch on that, right, you're talking about how back that was in 1977. Yeah, I was watching Blade Runner, <laughs> yeah. which was made in 86. Great know, movie. You know, yeah, I was watching the graphics and I was like, my fiance was next to me and I was like, I was like this back in 86 was like top of the line. Yeah graphics top of the line effects like this is what it was back then and you look at it now and it's like man that's corny so what i'm getting at is in 1977 it was probably believable to those people because yeah. they hadn't ever experienced something like that now we get into ai and there are programs that come up with faces that don't exist anywhere and it's all a uh, uh composite from an ai what if and this is what i feel like they're gonna do so we had this in 1977 this broadcast transmission and i, and I talked about the the post-disclosure world what if they're preparing us for something like that but in 2020 or, or these upcoming years but instead of it being a broadcast what if it's like a holographic projection of the galactic fifth fleet coming in through the earth at atmosphere and you know they're staging like some alien invasion to right. justify the space force <laughs> right i mean it how doable i mean it's very doable it's very 
You know, you have these holographs of of what Tupac and all these dead rappers <laughs> right. on, on stage, and it looks real. It's right. creepy. It's creepy. Yeah, like, and I saw a video not too long ago of Elvis. This is going to show you how uh, weird I am, but I saw a video of Elvis singing with Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) But it looked like he was standing right there. You know, I I could see him doing that. And a lot of people, like you said, are believe that we're getting conditioned, you know, and if an intergalactic ship came in, you know, then it's like we're we're all we're all screwed, you know, and they're, they're it's like they're training us for it. I believe it 100%. You know, I believe the reptilian overlords are preparing us to be able to set a, you know, a new world order, a one world government, a one world currency. Everything is going to be. And again, that's biblical, isn't it? That's, you it know, is. that, yeah, that's it biblical. Is. If Do we're you, living. God. Oh, sorry. No, if, if you're going to make another point, but I was going to ask you, you talked about reptilian overlords. Do you believe that? Do you believe in a reptilian race? Michael, at this point in my life, I believe anything is possible. And yeah. one thing I know for sure is that I don't know anything for sure. Right. Right. So right. I use the reptilian overlord as a metaphor gotcha. for these, these, if, for example, right now what we're going through this whole coronavirus, there's people yeah. fighting and, and this negativity, this opposition and this, the system hasn't been able to, for example, you have the Republicans and the Democrats, they haven't been able to just narrow it down to one party because they can't, but they've corrupted it so much that they just have two parties. That's how corrupted they, you know, my sister was telling me, oh, I went to go vote. And I was like, listen, if voting mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. This <laughs> right. is already pre-written. This is already pre-selected. They're going to do it regardless yeah. of what they want us or not. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Mark Twain said, if it mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. Right. I, I agree 100% with that. And but that's what Brandon. I don't know if you still believe in it. That's why I asked because Brandon's a big, uh, he's a big advocate for the reptilian race. He's the spokesperson. He 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 might be their (laughs) spokesperson. I've just encountered a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge on it, and you know, not (laughs) knowledge is maybe not the right word, but experiences and information for what it's worth, and uh, a lot of. People I used to know don't talk to very much anymore just because we've kind of separated. They probably got taken down by the aliens. Uh, but also, I don't know. Just, it, that's like that's a whole episode, really. Pretty much the connection that I've seen with them. Uh, we could talk about in the after hours. <laughs> that's exactly what the after hours is for. <laughs> yeah, bro. But yeah, I, I don't know, guys. I I feel that's and, and and again, I did the episode on the Saturn time cube simulation, which is. It refers to, you know, Kronos, Saturn, the god of time, uh, you know, father time. They even relate him to uh, the Grim Reaper because he is the god of agriculture and he has that that scythe, that 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 whatever it's called. That, that the thing the Grim Reaper has, what's it called? It's the scythe. The scythe, right? So he's got the scythe and they relate that uh, the color of Saturn is black and then you have astrology. If you listen to sounds from if you want michael if you really want to get freaked out right we talked about uh the the transmission look up sounds from outer space and not just look it up but in particular look up venus from uh sound from outer space and look up saturn sound and you tell me you tell me that's not demonic listen to that and that's a frequency being beamed out by saturn and that's the whole reason of the saturn time cube simulation shout out nick hinton episode two check it out if you haven't but we go deep into that and the color black you have antifa they always wear black there's saturn satan is the same archetype it's the same person right it's the same being 
and some refer to Satan as the demiurge, you know, the, and, and Gnostic believes the demiurge and, and this being entity, whatever that's controlling humanity. And maybe, and this is something that I've been thinking about and something I came up with as of recently, maybe we are putting together a space force to travel to Saturn. There, I said it. Maybe that's what Trump wants. He wants us to go to Saturn. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, it's definitely not. I don't think. I think Elon's got Mars, so it makes sense why someone would want Elon to get the planet. Elon is He was. He was. He crash landed here, and he wants to get back to his home planet. Uh, one thing I didn't talk about about the Astro Command, the Guardians of the Universe, is that some of the followers, and I was listening to this lady in particular. You can look her up. Uh, I don't have her name, but she's very out there. And this is why I love this topic because, it, it, again, it goes into all the things that I love, transhumanism, the singularity. The followers believe that we are destined to become non-dual. And non-dual means that we're not going to experience aging, disease, death, and that we can, we're going to be able to enter this realm, wait for it, where we can instantly manifest anything, including you know, a youthful body or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that what is that the matrix dude you know it's like morpheus like listen this is our program we come up with whatever we want here and the followers believe that human humanity exists on the fifth and sixth dimension what are the other dimensions i don't know and then they say that some exist on the seventh dimension i don't know dude i don't know i don't know you know we talked about nikola tesla earlier i like talking about ancient egypt and in the great pyramid of giza in the uh king's chamber you know, when we grew up in school, they always taught us that the pyramids were just over-engineered tombs. There is a box in the king's chamber where if you lay in it and you have you have people who play this, this frequency or hum this certain frequency, the whole box starts to vibrate, right? Like mm-hmm. just vibrating. And my friend told me, the a person who I know who has been in it personally, he said that it got it started vibrating so much it got uncomfortable to be in it. He laid down in it and it got uncomfortable to be in it. So what if these people, and this is when you get to Gene X and the haplogene group, where what I talked about earlier, what if the minds were able to reach this resonance and be able to disappear and enter these higher states of, of dimensions or, or, or of consciousness as a people and disappeared off the face of the earth, or maybe they sacrificed themselves to extinctions like what the Aztecs did. <laughs> um, the Egyptians, what if when they, when, let's imagine we go back in time and the pyramids are brand new pyramid smell. And they were being used for whatever reason that they were, because that's very odd. They were being used because they're the, these magnificent pieces of uh, architecture where where it's so precise. Not only that's so precise. That's my that's my thing. You know, it's they're they're so very precise, and they're so big. You know, you have two and a half million stones, uh, thirteen acres, a footprint of ter- thirteen acres, and the alignment, dude, it's off of three sixtieths of a degree of true north, true north, not magnetic north, true north. And you have the ley lines of the world, which Nikola Tesla was into, right, when he built his right. antenna. Uh, you have these things. What if these people, when they would lay in that box, were able to shoot up that shaft uh, that that points up towards the sky and enter a different realm? Or maybe they were able to do it on different certain type uh, times of the year, perhaps. Yeah. 
you know, it's all very possible. I like to think about all that stuff because, again, we don't even understand human anatomy. We can't even, so you know, supposedly we don't have the cure to cancer. But again, it's all a business, right? Why was Nikola right. Tesla taken out? Because he wanted to innovate the energy business. He wanted to give people free energy. What happens to people like that? They, they get, get murked. They get <laughs> they get murked. They get Clinton, right? Right. Right. Yeah, and you know, you were talking about we don't understand. And what, one thing that we really don't understand is the nature of what a spirit is or the nature of the mind. Um, and I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I was listening to music, and this is, might be a weird analogy, but it made sense at the time. Um, I was listening to some music, and my dog was sitting there with me. I was really getting into the music. I you know, really had a good vibe going. And I looked down at my dog, and I started thinking about it. It's like he has no idea what's being said. He doesn't even look. He doesn't even raise his head. Because he doesn't understand the, you know, he doesn't understand the meaning behind it or he can't get into the frequency of it. And so it's the same with us. And I don't know if this makes sense to you, but it does to me. It's the same with us. What if we're getting communicated with all the time, but we don't have an understanding or we can't get into the frequency of what's being said? So, you know, at the end of the day, we could be getting in contacted by, you know, Ashtar. We could be getting in contact by all these spiritual beings, but maybe we're not in touch with the part of our mind or the part of our spirit or, you know, that antenna that would be able to receive it. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean, it makes sense to me. No, it makes a lot of sense to me. And that's why, you know, and me and Brandon talked about this yesterday. Yeah. And, and, and to touch on one thing, uh, the followers believe all is one and one is all type mm -hmm. mindset, right? The st mm -hmm. string theory, if, if, if you will, that everything is connected and everything is, is, is together. And that's why they say they say that dogs can can see auras, right? They, they yeah. say that they can see auras. And it's like, why is it that we don't understand human consciousness? We don't know what that right. is. That's what quantum physics is trying to correlate. And that's why I believe we're in a simulation mm -hmm. trying to correlate the mind and the effect it has on matter. And that's why I like to say mind over matter because it is a powerful thing. And, it, mm -hmm. and I feel so, certain groups of people can lock into that. Obviously, you have a lot of phonies right. who will claim. But then how many people – like like super athletes, right? What if how many people can can actually do tap into this crazy power, the Kashic records, whatever you want of this this ancient mm -hmm. knowledge? Because how did these people back then uh, were able to figure out all these different things as far as astronomy uh, and and you know uh, uh, we you talked about ayahuasca. You know how yeah. many millions of different plants and, and insects and animals are on the Amazon rainforest and these people knew to in order to get this root and get these other ingredients and it will you will be able to ingest this out of you know the right. chances of that happening are exponential but then when you ask these elders and you ask these people uh, which with knowledge that, the, that they had that was passed down from their ancestors they said hey listen where did you guys get this information from and they said the plants told us right right like, what <laughs> well, I'm, you think about it. Think of me or you try to go put together something like that. There's no, no way, you no. know, there's no way at all. And, you know, like you said, you know, and at the time, maybe they didn't believe them. But the more we start to think about it, the more it seems more realistic than what they might have first believed. And again, we can't even replicate the pyramids in this day and age. You know, we we moved the Thunderstone in modern time, and it was only moving it uh, in St. Petersburg, moving it six miles. Right. And they had to create railroads and roads for it, and all this crazy was the, this marvel, this 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 feat 
of humanity that they did for the time, and that was only one little stone. Right. And then you have the pyramids, not just the pyramids, you know. The thing about this, and I talk about this on my show, there are different sites all over the world. And not only that, but you know how many sunken cities there are? Uh, Branch, yeah. you wanted to do an episode on Atl- uh, Atlantis. Maybe that's we could do one together. Above. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, that's his. He's all about the Atlanteans. That's yeah, which people, were cons- some, people. They, some people consider them Anunnaki, uh, you know, this ancient alien race. It's Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't, this is shit that I think about. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> well, to wrap this up, the uh, I just got information. That, uh, no, it's, it's not about the Astro Command, but how we were talking about the Law of Attraction earlier. Mm-hmm. There's a show my wife was watching. I don't know. It's on Netflix. They do basically. They're like testing people in groups, and they did a group about like if you think you're happy, what happens. So if you think you're, if you think you're happy, or and are trying to be happier, what happened in like the test of a hundred people is that happier things happen because they were thinking about being happy and trying to be happier. So the law of attraction of since they thought it was real, it would, you know, actually, but isn't propagate. that just the interpretation of it? Does that make sense? Are you telling me this? So that's Netflix, a stoic thought. This Netflix thing is wrong. This is well, science. <laughs> right. No, but a <laughs> <laughs> hundred people, Michael, but, but something is neither. And this, this might be some, maybe a little too philosophical for this, but my thing is, actions and things that happen to us aren't necessarily good or bad right it's our interpretation behind it that what makes is it good so. what is bad what is good and what exactly. is evil. right but before we get into that guys i think we should wrap up this ashtar command and and, and transition this into the after hours episode for sure for so sure. for the listeners i'm going to be posting a the 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 transmission at the end of this episode if you want to look into that and again I'm probably going to be joining the Astro Command after we I get off the show with these guys. I'm going to go ahead and fill out my application because I don't know, dude. I want to go on up on ships of light and and, and <laughs> travel the world. You got to keep us updated too, man. <laughs> I'm going to vlog it. I'm going to vlog yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, bring your Astro iPhone or whatever phone it is and post to the gram. Yeah, definitely. So again, uh, guys, thank you for coming on my show. I don't know if you guys are going to be posting this on your show, but I had a lot of fun with this topic, and again, it went places that we that I that I like to think about, and I felt it, it, it tied everything together very nicely. And one more time for the listeners, where can they find your guys' stuff? Because you guys are into this type of stuff as well, which which is awesome. Yeah, we're definitely into this stuff, and we could talk like after hours. We could talk forever on stuff like this. Uh, you can find us on all the podcasting networks with Celestial Mystery Hour on Instagram. It's just Celestial Mystery Hour. Uh, on there, our website is celestialmysteryhour.wordpress.com. Our Twitter is at CMH Podcast, and all those like if you find one, you should get you to all the other ones. Uh, Instagram is best, basically the best one to go to because that's the most active we are is on that one, and then maybe Twitter. Right on, right on again. Thank you, Brandon and Michael, for coming on my show. Yeah, and really appreciate you having us on, man. Definitely, we got to do it again. Yep, sounds great. Thank you, guys. Well, there it is. That was Ashtar Galactic Command with Celestial Mystery Hour podcast. They have a lot of great content on their podcast. Check them out at Celestial Mystery Hour on Instagram. Also, make sure to follow us at the Juan Juan Podcast. Check out our website, thehuanahuanpodcast.com. Check out our blog on there. Shoot me an email, thehuanahuanpodcast at gmail.com. And again, like always, 
Thank you for the support. I appreciate the good criticism, bad criticism. Make sure to leave us a, a five-star review, hopefully. And stick around for the ending of this, which I will play the broadcast. Again, very weird. It goes on for like six minutes if you want to check that out. If not, you can YouTube it or whatever's fine. So, until next time. The Rhodesian nationalist leader, Bishop Abel Muzarewa, has accepted Mr. Smith's offer to negotiate an internal settlement based on one man, one vote. But, he says, there are conditions. These include stopping the execution of all captured prisoners of war, allowing the to take negotiations, being arrested. In Australia, Mr. Peg Packer's cricketers are still pleased about yesterday's high court decision, which did plan on them playing a test match.